What's going on, traders? How we doing out there? Welcome to the SPACs Attack. We got a great show for you. We're going to talk about Lucid and FFIE, Fair Day Future. We're going to go ahead and compare them in our middle segment. We got some headlines to get after you. We got some earnings later this month to look forward to. So definitely, guys, smash the like and welcome to the SPACs attack. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on traders? How we doing out there on a lovely Monday, July 26. Man, the year is flying by and let's go ahead and bring on my band, which I've been doing this since I think I think we started in October or November. Chris, we're taking over, man. We're soon coming up to that year mark. It's it's hard to believe. Yeah, we started in, I believe, late, late October. I mean, I was on the couch, no lights. It, it was a different show. Uh, but hey, a lot hasn't changed, though. We started the show doing SPAC ideas and interviews, and that has continued on today. So the basic, you know, premise of the show has stayed the same. We also expanded, you know, it used to be about a half hour and now we're an hour show. We've picked up some new viewers along the way. And as Happy Mohammed is saying in the chat, the hottest SPAC show in the world. You won't find a SPAC show like this anywhere else. So, uh, you know, smash the like, subscribe to Benzinga and, you know, tune in every day, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, you know, one of the things is it does seem longer, Carl. That it definitely does. We've done so many interviews, so many great in-depth stories that we've told. I think we're going to have a great one today also. We're going to talk about two of the leaders in the EV. We got some headlines like always, so definitely smash the like. Let's go ahead and get to those headlines, Chris, like we always like to do, and head back behind those headlines. All right. Yeah. So not a ton of news out there. We did get a deal announcement late Friday after hours. And then also the news that I'll start with today. So this came Friday after market close. It was announced that XPOA and Jam City had scrapped their plans for a SPAC merger. This was going to be the mobile gaming deal um, for Jam City. So now uh, over the last month or so, we have had three deals called off. So XPOA, we had PSTH, Pershing Square, call off the acquisition of Universal Music through the SPAC, and also ACEV, ACEV with Acronix. So, you know, three deals getting canceled. We also have SRAC, Momentous, under pressure with the SEC fine. Um, and changing valuation a couple times. So, you know, it looks like that could be a continued story for SPACs moving forward. We could see some of these deals called off due to some valuation concerns. So keep an eye out on that. Remember, just because a rumor is out there does not mean that a deal will be announced. And likewise, just because a deal is announced does not mean that those companies will continue to go through with plans and also that the vote will be approved. So lots of moving parts in the SPAC uh, you know, uh, wave there. We did get an analyst note this morning, OPFI, O-P-F-I, which recently de-SPAC'd. We had the CEO on our show not too long ago. This is a fintech play. JMP Securities initiating coverage with a market outperform 
and a price target of $14. This was a, a pretty good call. We've got shares at 10.16 this morning. Um, nice to see you know that analyst coverage again shortly after the despacking process. Then one of the names we're going to dive into later, Lucid Motors. That's LCID ringing the opening bell this morning at 9.30 a.m. So again, getting a lot of attention. And then on Friday, uh, our deal DGNS with Cvent shares down 0.8%. So again, Friday, not an overall positive day for SPACs. We, we got a deal called off. Our one deal was down 1%. And then, of course, uh, you, you know we got the, the XPOA deal called off. So then uh, adding to our calendar, we've got BLUW setting a merger vote date of August 12th. Um, so we'll add that one to our calendar. And, and then our deal on Friday, um, we've got BTNB with Property Guru. So this was a rumored deal uh, before from Bloomberg. We got confirmation. Again, this was announced Friday after market close. I don't love these uh, late Friday deals, but this is a good one. This is the Peter Thiel backed SPAC. Um, Property Guru is Southeast Asia's leading digital property marketplace group. Uh, so number one in Singapore, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Thailand. Uh, you know, this is going to help with their growth. And they said they'll also pursue M&A opportunities. Values Property Guru at an enterprise value of $1.35 billion. Uh, KKR, TPG Capital are among the current shareholders. Uh, Bailey Gifford also uh, joining in on the pipe. Bailey Gifford, a notable investor, a large uh, Tesla investor. And then one of uh, Malaysia's largest asset managers, REA Group, also uh, joining in on the pipe. So, uh, you know, strong interest over there. Company has 2.8 million monthly real estate listings, serves 37 million monthly property seekers, 49,000 active property agents across the five largest economies in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. I mean, I think that point is huge. The five largest economies in Southeast Asia. Uh, property Guru provides digital property marketplaces uh, digital marketing services, and they have a SaaS-based sales process automation for property developers, high growth business, annual revenue growth of 25% the four years prior to the pandemic. Um, they also announced an acquisition recently to expand further into Malaysia and Thailand. They acquired My Property Data, which is Malaysia's largest online property data company. And they launched several new uh, products, including finance and lens. So company projecting revenue of $75.7 million in fiscal 2021, up 22%, and $109.3 million in fiscal 22, up 44%. Again, that ticker BTNB, Bridgetown 2 Holdings, shares up about 1% today at 1060. And, and then another name to throw out there, uh, many of you have seen, uh, you know, uh, the price of Bitcoin go up significantly over the last 24 hours. So then, uh, you know, we're seeing shares of companies like uh, MicroStrategy, uh, Marathon Patent Holdings, 
a riot blockchain all up double digits. But what people are forgetting is that we have FPAC. This is the SPAC taking bullish public. So along with the bullish going public, they're backed by Block One, which invested $400 million and 164,000 Bitcoin into the company. So investing in FPAC, you're also getting ownership of 160,000 Bitcoin, and yet shares are up only 0.2% today. So I'll leave that one for everyone out there. I think once people get a hold of that, when Bitcoin price rises, this is going to be one of those names that starts to trade higher on the days with Bitcoin going higher, FPAC. Mitch, that's what I've got for, for headlines. I, I know later we'll dive into uh, you know Lucid Motors, um, so I'm not sure if we should go maybe to the calendar. I know we've got some earnings coming up the first couple weeks of August. Uh, anything jump out to you in, in headlines or the calendar? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Um, one of the things that I've been looking at is to see how these earnings really kind of perform in these next couple of weeks. Um, so I'm just going to really quickly just point out some of the names here. Definitely on my radar. Uh, Nikola is coming out on the 3rd. We got SPCE on the 5th. So that's going to be an interesting one. I think you got you might get some news on how the actual kind of liftoff went, uh, maybe some specifics to look forward to the next one and how they're going to be moving forward and maybe pushing on kind of reservations now yeah. that they've actually had somebody go up. Reservations and you know the price point I think would be exactly. keys if they could announce that with their earnings and say, hey, we raised the ticket price from 250000 to 300000 Here's how many people have signed up since our successful launch. If they can say that, that's a great step forward. If the whole earnings report is just, hey, Sir Richard Branson went to space. Here's how we did it. And they talk past. That doesn't get me as excited, right, as a shareholder. Um, you know, I want to hear about the future. That That's why I own shares, right, is for the people to reserve and go to space. So that's what I'll be watching with, with that earnings report. Uh, you know, and then Fisker on the fifth, that, that one's pretty exciting too. You know, Fisker's got, you know, a decent reservation number. They've been pretty active uh, on Twitter with saying, here's how many reservations we have. He, here's what we're doing. They're going to show off their car later this year at one of the auto shows. I think it's Los Angeles. Um, so I'm excited to hear what they have to say too. Uh, you know, and then DraftKings, Mitch. I mean, that's the big one for me, right? August 6th, we have DraftKings and it, it leading right into the football season, right? They're, they're going to report. So we're going to hear about their past quarter. But again, I, I don't want to hear about the past. I, I want to hear about the future. So how many more states have you been legalized in for this next football season? How can we compare last year's football season to this year's football season? And then Mitch, I also want to hear, I mean, there's news out that they have that NFT platform. Tell us in your, your earnings call, what does that mean? How much does that matter to the top and the bottom line, you know, going forward? So I'm excited to get into this earnings season with the, these DSPAC. Any other names stand out to you? Yeah, definitely. Now, one thing I would point out for DKNG, a day prior to DKNG's earnings, you're going to have pen earnings out. So definitely pay attention to that. That could have an effect on DKNG. And maybe if it's a blowout quarter for pen, it, DKNG moves already on that. And also, it could be that 
Penn has a, a bad earnings report and then what it would mean for DKNG is paying attention to see if they could beat their numbers. If they beat their numbers, Penn misses their numbers. That could actually be a, a kind of a looked upon like kind of like a double beat because it beats the, the major competitor. So pay attention to those earnings. They're going to be very important for the whole gambling sector. I think not only DKNG, um, but for that sake, you could look at some other names like RSI, GNOG, um, other SEAH, uh, other betting plays definitely going to be affected by that. Mitch, uh, that's, la- a, that's a great point on Penn. I didn't even realize that that was a day before. Uh, I, I'll call it now, and it's not that I'm bearish on Penn, but reading all these market share reports, Barstool Sports has been losing market share in the mm-hmm. states that they have sports betting in, and really FanDuel and DraftKings are, are eating their lunch with BetMGM you know, coming in third. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that Penn report is not the greatest, and I think we see DraftKings shares taken down on the fifth. And then I'll back up what you said, that on the 6th, we almost get a double beat, right? That DraftKings beats their earnings and also shows that they're a leader to Penn. I I really like that call, Mitch. I I think that's what happens based on everything I've read in in terms of the online sports betting. Of course, Penn has some of the the land-based too, so maybe that's enough to help carry that earnings report. But based on online, I I just think they're going to struggle and DraftKings is going to win. Definitely will be something to pay attention to. I think it's, it's for the whole sector, really. It's not even just for that one stock or DKNG. You'll you'll definitely get some movement. Um, last one that I want to mention in the earnings is going to be going into it. You'll see SoFi. SoFi, I think if that has good earnings, that could, that's good. Get it back moving up. Um, we have been seeing a recent decline. And then we'll go into later ones as we get closer to the time. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at our watch list today. See what we got moving out there and what's on the move. Right now, I can uh, point out Clever Leaves getting a nice lift. So if you like those smart leaves, I guess uh, not a bad late, not a bad day for the smart leaf life. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing Owlette up big. That was one that I called Owlette, out last Owlette. week. Uh, again, you know, parents are going to spend money uh, on their kids and on baby products. You know, this is one that dipped down to, you know, the $7, $8 range on the D-SPAC. I think this one makes it move back up to the $10 level here pretty soon. Up is an interesting one. I've been seeing a lot of talk about this one. Um, I was reading an article over the over the weekend and how this was kind of like that first uh, experience really to, to, to take a stock like this public. I mean, you don't have many of these stocks uh, out there, so it's going to be an interesting one. We'll see when it kind of holds some bottoming action. Um, it has hasn't a decent day up about 3%, but we'll see how this one kind of reacts. Um, let's go ahead and let's keep moving forward a little bit down here. Uh, seeing Bark moving up a little bit. That's not the worst one. Um, biggest thing I think with Bark is just uh, how that whole kind of fiasco plays out about uh, their kind of their box that hurt a, a dog or whatever. Um, and that, I think that really did affect the stock. That's why you saw it get knocked down so much. Um, so the question is, can they clear up that and then kind of secure the safety of their packages or kind of their products to kind of show you that they're trying to push on that and make sure that all their products are safe. Great point, Mitch. Uh, Bark reports earnings on August 9th. Uh, that could be a story to watch. 
you, you know, they're, they're going to get asked about it most likely on the earnings call if they don't address it. So I think maybe the question here is, will the company get ahead of it? Will that be part of their earnings, you know, press release talking about it? Or will they wait until the earnings call and then will they either, you know, say they have no comment because it's ongoing or, or will they really, you know, issue a, a good statement on, on what's to come? Obviously, you know, a very sad story. There, there was a dog that passed away. It sounds like, you know, it was due to a product in that box. Again, you know, not saying this is 100% correct or what happened. But that is the report out there. And I think, Mitch, you know, that could be a big part of the earnings story because, you know, ultimately that could be another bad PR for them if that's the highlight of the quarter for investors. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is something that is appreciated, is bought up. And one of the things is they don't only have one kind of box, right? They also have uh, the kind of for for our heavy chewers out there, maybe not our wheat our eight pound we won, but they also have uh, kind of those kind of treats also. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, well, I've even considered it. I haven't really purchased from Bark. I, I'll say that, but I have considered it. I've even, I think I've even had it in the checkout, just never really pulled the trigger. Um, but yeah, it's something that uh, a lot of pet owners really appreciate because at the end of the day, guess what? You don't go, you don't have to go to the pet store. You just kind of just, it just comes. Next thing you know, you're just giving it to your pet. You know, you're not the convenience factor of it is so important, I think. And that's why it's it's kicking butt right now. All right, let's go ahead. We'll see. Um, one that I wanted to point out that is doing well, it hasn't really turned down is Playboy. I know that a lot of people have been watching this one downtrend, but really, I mean, it's holding pretty well, don't you think, Chris, relatively? Yeah, the thing that surprised me about Playboy, right, was for a while, NFT became the big storyline. Just like Tops, they almost have gone quiet on the NFT front. You know, I, I haven't heard a whole lot from them on how the NFT sales were and, mm-hmm. and what's the future plan, right? It, is, it was the big story for a while. That's all they wanted to talk about. And now they kind of seem to have shied away. What do you think, Mitch? Have you heard more you know, from them in that space? Because I really haven't. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that happened there was a clear understanding of that NFTs is not going to make Playboy here. Um, I think that's what the uh, Playboy kind of understood. Maybe we didn't understand it ourselves. Um, maybe we were so focused on the NFTs that we thought that was going to be a major driver to the revenue. And it looks like yeah, it'll, it'll be a driver to the, some some bottom line, but not a main business focus. At least that's what I'm seeing here, because if not, I think we would have had that next art release already. Um, the first art release didn't do bad. It, it did sell out. So, I mean, it's not like those NFTs didn't sell at the price that they were expected. Now, the question is. Um, I think you look at this company and you see what else do they do. They, they've been trying to do some acquisitions, uh, pay attention towards that. We'll see how that kind of moves. And then, of course, most people don't understand, but uh, I think you're going to start seeing some different plays coming out of this, um, whether it could be uh, – is it, is it going to take a while? I think it might right here. I think they're trying to figure out their strategy. They're in a lot of different areas right now, Chris. Would you agree? It's not like one area. They have the sexual wellness. They have the licensing. Um, they're trying to get into different areas uh, by acquisitions. They got NFTs. I think they're just a little bit all over the place. Once they get that nailed down focus of what could be the best revenue driver, 
that's when we start seeing it take off again. Yeah, I mean, that's almost one of the things that that worries me a little here, Mitch, is they do seem to have, you know, just kind of a a, a broad, uh, you know, strategy, right? During their investor presentation, it was all about sexual wellness. Then they started talking about NFTs. Their last press release for their quarterly earnings was all about consumer product, you know, licensing revenue. And then also, Mitch, as you said, that acquisition, they acquired, you know, a, a lingerie brand. Um so again, you know, what's the strategy? Are they going to be, you know, a, a company that owns products, a company that licenses their brand, uh, a NFT company, a sexual wellness company? They can do it all, but ultimately that could take some time. And, and as you saw, you know, there was big optimism in shares, you know, based on the NFTs with shares, you know, shooting up higher. And now you've had them cut significantly since then. So I think really defining their their brand and their roadmap could actually really help boost shares again. Yeah, look for some kind of uh, real focus to come out. And one of the things that I'd look for is for them to kind of expand into something else. I I, I even think that, like like you said, lingerie could maybe go into maybe a subscription model or something like that. That's kind of what I would really like to see come out of this. Um, I want to see them use their licensing ability not only to get like a licensed product and it's just a one product i would love to see them license something together like a package that comes home to you um you know we've been seeing so many of these at home services subscription type models that i would love to see playboy try to pull one off um i think they could definitely pull it off all right let's go ahead let's get into one more here being mentioned uh let's go to bfi bfi is not a bad one we've been seeing it move up on the last uh kind of three weeks let's take a look at the daily chart see how it's moving today moving on up there towards 11:55, and this is one that chris and i were looking at for a while here to become a summer play um you know restaurants were doing well uh the main one i think that attracted us to this one was the movement that we saw in shack uh shake jack was really ripping on up and this one was doing a big rip out when we wanted to start looking at BFI. And we could we could say, hey, you know, if Shake Shack's doing well, why not BFI do well, BurgerFi International here? What are you thinking, Chris? Nice move there. Yeah, and also I would say like Chipotle. You saw Chipotle report a good quarter. And the, Mitch, one of the reasons I called this out, right, BurgerFi, is as someone who worked in restaurants, right, it, it's easier – to build new restaurants and customize them the, the way you want versus retrofitting existing restaurants. So you're seeing lots of these, these restaurants, these fast food companies, your Chipotle's, add drive-throughs, add additional drive-through lanes, add pickup spots for you know Uber Eats and DoorDash delivery drivers. BurgerFi is making their stores with that stuff right now. They, they created a model that very quickly into the pandemic was built for food delivery and for third-party sales. And, and I think that plays into the strength. You know, we're still not seeing 100% of people going back to eat at restaurants, right? We're getting food delivered to our house. We're going through a drive-through. I think that helps BurgerFi here. And that's why I'm long BurgerFi shares. Um, you know, I, I like the price action. Uh, you know, it had that huge volume stock not too long ago. I, I haven't been to one personally, but if you ask anyone, so you got born to be free right there. People love their food, right? And, and that creates good brand awareness and, and good repeat sales. They also, I think they need to do more marketing 
And I'm starting to see them pick up with their marketing. Remember, they added Martha Stewart to the board of directors. They did a uh, product campaign with uh, Logan Paul and some others to taste test their products. Mitch, I'd love to see them, you know, reach out to more social media influencers, you know, create some some brand awareness, get people to come to their restaurants. Because based on everything I've read, if you try their products, you, you keep coming back. And, you know, that could really be a boon for BurgerFi in the next quarter. Yeah, let's just say, Chris, I know my burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I know my burgers. And I'll tell you right now, um, what I would compare BurgerFi to is trying to do, I would say, a little bit of a cleaner look than a Five Guys. Very similar to a Five Guys because what you're getting is a little bit more of a premium hamburger. Um, they're trying to focus on on getting you premium uh, kind of ingredients and so with that being said, the price goes up a little bit, but you're also getting a better quality burger. Um, BurgerFi does have options for alternative meat. I'm pretty sure their alternative meat option is Beyond Meat. I think it's Beyond, um, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure on that. And one of the things that BurgerFi does is branding, branding, branding. They put it everywhere on their burger, on on the on like the mat that you use. Everywhere in the store, you're seeing the name. That's what I think they do well too, is a, a great form of branding, giving you that mentality that you, you know that you're at a burger five versus something else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like the story and I think this one, it, it's a reopening play, but it's also a, as I said, food delivery play. And yeah, and you got people in the chat. That's the thing. They're expanding, right? They don't have a ton of locations, which makes it also a, a story there, right? Each store that they add is incredibly valuable right now to the company, right? Because it increases revenue by that much. Whereas a company like Shake Shack, Chipotle, they already have hundreds and hundreds of locations. One store isn't going to make or break them. With BurgerFi, one store could really add to the story here. So I, I, I like the story here. Definitely, definitely. I do think it's something to keep on watch. Um, we'll be paying attention. Looks like James is telling us we got a new all-time high on the spot. Let's go ahead and take a look. Let's take a look see how we've been doing. Man, what a move since that fake out. This is, this is why I always say uh, it's kind of hard to pay attention to people on down days because guess what? That's what happens, guys. <laughs> everyone's on the panic everyone's calling their grandma telling them they lost all their money but then it goes up the next four days and this is why you got to be careful and always know your risk always know when you can get downside action have some money to help yourself out but yeah you're right we're ripping through that 440s who would have thought who would have thunk it like i always like to say who would have thunk it but definitely a good move there on the spy let's go ahead and let's move into our middle segment here where we unlock some specs we always like to get towards talking to a little bit more in depth today we're going to do more of a conversational piece uh chris is going to drop some information for us like he always does i mean the chrisopedia you know how that goes but let's go ahead let's get into some specs unlocked we're going to unlock to see which one is the top ev spec here is it Lucid Motors or is it Faraday Future here? We'll find out when we return. All right, Chris, step up to the plate. What do we got first? Yeah, you know, Mitch, so Lucid Motors uh, started trading today as Lucid Group, LCID. Boom, boom. This 
This is an exciting one, right? We've been waiting. I, I said that this could be a big week for SPACs, right? Because this was one of the most talked about SPACs out there prior to its deal announcement, after its deal announcement, and now, you know, with the changeover. So uh, Peter Rawlinson was on CNBC today. And one of the big highlights, right, was that the company is funded through 2022, I believe he said. They rang the opening bell. So again, great brand awareness today. Um, you know, in his last CNBC appearance, Rawlinson highlighted, you know, it was all about that factory in Arizona on track to start deliveries to customers by the end of the year. So that's, you know, the big story. The Lucid Air Dream Edition um, you know, it's got over 10,000 reservations. That's their luxury model of the vehicle. Then there's also going to be a cheaper version, $69,900 in 2022. So again, in February, over 7,500 reservations, and that jumped to 10,000. And those numbers don't sound huge, right? But the summer before Tesla delivered the Model S, it had 12,000 reservations. And that was for, you know, a, a higher cost Tesla model. So I really think, you know, again, they're going to get compared to Tesla. They're going to have, you know, the, the Tesla comparisons all their life, right? And remember, Peter Rollinson, the CEO of the company, he's a former Tesla employee, but they really do follow the same trajectory here of Tesla. There's a lot of demand, there's a lot of hype. And if they can deliver what they truly say, they could be the next great EV player. So that factory right now can produce 34,000 units annually, but planned expansion is going to take that to 365,000 units annually. That's a big number, right? 365,000, and that's over the next couple of years. They're also following a direct sales model with online sales and retail locations. So six retail locations in California and Florida, they've got more coming. They've got their cars being shown off in New York right now. Um, you know, I think they're even opening one in Colorado. I think I saw Mitch. So maybe you'll have to go check that out for us. Lucid Motors also has a partnership with Volkswagen for Electrify America, which is going to give customers their first year of charging for free. That That's huge, right? If you own an electric vehicle, your, your costs are typically less than a, you know, an ICE vehicle. But to get that charging for free, that's a great incentive to, to buy a Lucid car. And then you also get better range, right? The Lucid Air has more miles compared to some of the Tesla models. Um, you know, it also has some better specs. Um, and then down the road, right, Lucid's going to do that cheaper model next year. Then they're going to do an SUV. And they even said, you know, in their investor presentation, that they're looking into aircraft, electric vertical takeoff and landing, military, heavy machinery, agriculture, marine sectors, and batteries, right? That's another big story for Lucid is that they, they have some nice battery technology, which is going to help with that range. You know, I, I've been long shares of CCIV since that deal was originally rumored back down in the $12 range. Mitch, you called this one out before the deal was even announced. CCIV as a $10 SPAC, you know, with that uh, direct TV rumor that didn't come to fruition. I've liked the story of this one. I've taken profit se uh, several times along the way, but I kept my shares Friday, right? And that was a little bit of a risk because we had the deal going through. 
We had shares trading, you know, up and down all through Friday because people didn't know what was going to happen today. And then, of course, today, the changeover to the new ticker, we're at almost $27 right now. Shares hit $28 earlier this morning. Mitch, what do you think? Were you, were you surprised LCID had this big of a jump this morning? You know, or is this what we've come to expect from, you know, the, the lucid dreamers out there? Uh, one thing I'd definitely say is that, yeah, we're, we're kind of expecting to have this kind of reaction. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it. I'm still kicking myself. I got stopped out for like literally three cents. Uh, but that's how it happens when you're not paying attention to your position and you got to got to go ahead. I, I have to put on stops because I can't watch my positions uh, every uh, all day long. So, um, hey, it happens. Uh, I would definitely be in this one. Probably would have sold into that 29 pop this morning. I'm not going to lie. That was a good pop to kind of sell into. Um, but one thing I wanted to state on the on kind of lucid here was like even if you went to their website right now, you could reserve the, the vehicle right now. One thing I would say, though, I'm not so much of a fan of a $1,000 reservation price for a $131,000 vehicle. That to me seems a little bit low. And it seems to me like if you have people reserve a car for a thousand, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go ahead and be able to even purchase this vehicle. I mean, we're not doing some credit outlooks on this. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that applied for that $1,000 reservation that probably don't have the credit to be getting a $131,000 loan. Um, so with that being said, just look out guys. Cause I think the production numbers are a little bit pushed on the edge, let's just say, um, for them to be saying that they're going to be making that many vehicles. I've yet to see it, so I, it's kind of one of those things that you got to prove, um, and, and we'll see if they can kind of get that done. I really think that you know when you build a factory and you, you're saying that your factory can produce this much, 34,000 units annually, right off the back, I think you're you're definitely pushing yourself to have you're going to need to have pure success. If there's any bumps in the road, that number is going to be very hard to get to. So, we'll see if they're able to actually uh, accomplish this. That's I think the next step really now. The stock is going to be moving and being volatile, but really if we're actually talking about the investment itself, it's going to come down to me on how many cars they can produce. And, and, and if they can produce it by the end of this year and really get some numbers out there. Mitch, that's great points, you know, all around. I, I think the thing here, right, is we do have great optimism. And, and as you said, any setbacks, you know, could be a major, you know, loss here for the shares. The, the question is, with shares trading all the way up to, you know, $60 plus on the, the deal rumor, and, and then we had that fall, is, you know, is there some risk priced in or is the price we have today, is that purely based on them hitting all their objectives? You know, so again, deliveries later this year, uh, a cheaper model next year. Those are the two big things for me that they need to hit, right? You know, an SUV a couple years down the road, I, I think maybe that could get pushed back and that wouldn't be, you know, that harmful. Them talking about doing, you know, things outside of vehicles, it doesn't really, you know, impact it right now. But the big things for me, right, 
they have to meet deliveries this year, right? And I think you would agree with that, Mitch, right? If they don't meet deliveries this year, you know, look out, right? You're going to see, you know, people selling off on this because it ultimately means that they they failed to meet that big objective. And then the other thing is, um, you know, the cheaper model next year, right? So they have over 10,000 reservations of that more expensive air, which is great, right? That's higher revenue per car. But ultimately with these EV cars, people want cheaper models, right? Because that's how you kind of get into that mass production. Um, You know, if they're only selling that more expensive vehicle, I don't think they need that huge factory, right? Because they're not going to have the demand for that many. So I think they need to meet those two things. Um, And, you know, with shares going up today, I I think we will see some profit taking. I know a couple of people mentioned in the chat selling into the 28s. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, remember, a lot of people bought shares of this below $20, and, and then some bought it, you know, above $40. There aren't a ton of people in that middle range, I feel like, that were, you know, waiting for today's event. Um, you know, some people might have bought in, you know, Friday, hoping for the pop today. But ultimately, I think, you know, you're going to see some profit taking from people who have been waiting a long time for this merger to, to happen today. Yeah, look, catching up with the chat, trying to see what you guys' opinion is. Definitely let us know if you guys are bullish or bearish on the Lucid. Um, definitely one of the things that I'd point out, Chris, and I mean, you guys tell me in the chat, do any of these cars even look different? Do they look different? I don't see any difference. I just see a color difference. <laughs> <laughs> So from $70,000 to $161,000, you couldn't give me something, a spoiler, something. (laughs) Hey, maybe that means if I buy the cheaper model, I can pretend that it's really the higher end, right? Right. You just like kind of painted gold and (laughs) (laughs) no, that's what I was wondering. You know, this is the one thing that I've noticed about EVs. Like it's almost like they they forget about the outside of the body of the vehicle. It's all about the interior. It's yeah. all about the interior. If, it, if it's not the interior, I mean, the interior is not bad. I mean, you can look at the interior right here. It's not a bad interior. You know, you're, you're definitely getting good connectivity. Uh, you got a 5K screen. Um, all that's really well. But, I mean, the outside of the cars, I just don't see it, man. I'll tell you one thing. I've driven cars that are, are over a hundred thousand dollars, and I've driven up to a car that's about half a million dollars. I tell you right now, I'm not buying them. The <laughs> reason why is that at the end of the day, uh, whether you compare a seventy thousand dollars to a hundred and sixty thousand dollar car, there's really not going to be that much difference. I'm sorry, but there's really not that much difference once you get towards that level. We'll see if these can kind of catch up. But let's go ahead and let's get into the battle. So the battle really was, this was going to be a battle, guys. So if we need you guys in the chat to determine who's the winner, right? So we just went into Lucid. We just talked about the potential. We talked about the future. And, we, and we're definitely talking about the design here. Let's go into another vehicle that is also very similar in this high-end price point where, I mean, hey, if we could all buy this vehicle and take a spin, I'm sure we would. But let's talk about that one. Let's get into the next one, Chris. What do you want to talk about, Chris? What's up next? Yeah, so we have Faraday Future, you know, recent DSPAC, FFIE, formerly PSAC. 
this is, as Mitch said, another, you know, luxury EV player. Um, you know, we had them on the show. We loved seeing the videos, the photos of the interior, right, where you could lay out in that back seat. Um, so a couple highlights here. They opened the FF Futurist Experience in New York City which allowed the public to see that FF91 up close for the first time. You know, for these these EV players that are doing this direct to uh, customer sales model, you really do need to show off your vehicle, right? Commercials only do so much justice. Um, you, you need to have the physical vehicle, you know, as Mitch said, that you can go test drive, that you can see, you, you can see the outside, you can see the inside, so look for Faraday to do more of these um, experience centers. So, uh, you know, this this SPAC deal included a, a large pipe, right? $775 million. Um, it included uh, Geely Automotive, which is one of the largest in China. Um, also some institutional investors from China, Europe, and the U.S. Um, that's important to note, right? Because Faraday could become more of an international story in the luxury market because of their ties to China. Um, obviously, you know, Lucid Motors also has, you know, their ties um, to the Middle East through their ownership group, um, you know, but China not really mentioned as much there. Um, so they call themselves the world's only technology, luxury, intelligent, internet-based electric vehicle brand. You know, that's a pretty good statement, right, that they're the only of something, but it also shows that they're really about technology, right? Faraday's not going to sell a, a cheaper model. They're going to focus on that expensive, higher-end, technology-driven model, both outside and inside. But they have uh, over 14,000 reservations already for the FF91. That's actually ahead of Lucid, right? And then their five-year plan is to sell over 400,000 vehicles. So future offerings are going to be the FF81 and the FF71. So those will have prices of $59,000 and $45,000. Um, again, that's further down the road, I think, though, than Lucid in terms of the cheaper model. Um, Faraday, you know, again, focused on China, focused on luxury. They also are focused on LiDAR. They partnered with Velodyne um, on the FF91. So that first vehicle from Faraday is going to have, you know, a LiDAR system, uh, you know, ready to go. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I like both of these deals. I think they, they are playing a somewhat different strategy. Both are really targeting that luxury market. They're, they're going to be compared to Tesla, but Tesla's really focused now on the, the cheaper models, right? And the mass production. So it's almost like Lucid and, and Faraday kind of think that there, there's a hole in the luxury market left that they can compete in. Um, you know, and gain share. And then later on, they can do the, the cheaper models. So Faraday, you know, they, they think 105,000 vehicle unit sales in fiscal 2024, including some last mile delivery vehicles. So that's another thing, you know, where Lucid said, hey, in the future, we're going to do, you know, agriculture, machinery, aircraft. Faraday is actually basing their model on selling the the vehicles and then also the last mile delivery vehicles, um, you know, in the future. So by fiscal 2025, Faraday estimates 266,800 vehicle sales, 35,000 smart last mile delivery vehicle sales, $21 billion in revenue in fiscal 2024. 
that's a pretty big estimate, right? And again, similar to Lucid, Faraday is very optimistic. They, they have shown some big numbers and they're going to be judged by it, right? That's how we act as investors. You know, tell me the story, tell me what's going to happen. And then if you don't, ha- you don't hit those numbers, I- I'm probably out as an investor, right? So keep that in mind with Faraday. Mitch, what what do you think here? You know, I, I know Faraday, you really like the interior. Um, I, I also am a little surprised, right? For not being as big of a name brand as maybe Lucid to retail investors, Faraday actually has more reservations right now uh, of their luxury model. Do you think that's going to play into the, the story here? Oh, that old Mutrix. The old Mutrix. It's Monday. It's Monday. It had to happen. All right. All right. So one thing I'd definitely say is that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a battle here. I think once people really start getting these vehicles out on the road, um, there's going to be comparisons by far. Uh, one of the things that I would state about Faraday is that they do try to focus on that uh, kind of other aspect. I think they could be kind of faster to maybe autonomous than maybe Lucid could be. Um, so pay attention towards that. That could give them a little bit of an edge. Um, and then, of course, we've looked at the vehicle. This one's a little bit more, I would say, even on the outside. Maybe the outside's not the appeal also. Same thing on this one. Um, definitely the appeal for this one would have to be the in, the interior for me. I think they nailed down the interior pretty well. Um, like they said, a, a beautiful future, man. Uh, but really, one of the things that I, I think they did really well is that they put, they didn't just put a little bit of technology in in the interior of the vehicle. They have, I think, I think it's like, I think it was not even two Wi-Fi's in here. I think it was like four Wi-Fi's that are a in this vehicle. Fifty-two inch TV screen. <laughs> Fifty-two inch TV. Uh, the back seats are, as, as you can see, not your regular back seats. I mean, I've talked about it. If you're probably in in the and the, where your driver is driving the Tesla, this one probably be the type of vehicle for you because uh, if you're a backseat sitter or if you sit in the backseat already, I mean, look at that backseat. I don't, I think pour me some champagne. I'll sit right next to her. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that plays into their their target market there, Mitch. Again, going after, you know, the luxury brand, the six-figure vehicle. You know, the I think the question is, when when Faraday does their next couple models and they're cheaper, how much of that interior comfort and technology will they have to, you know, kind of eliminate, right? You can't have mm-hmm. all that stuff in, in a cheaper model. So yeah. what's going to be the big focus of the next couple models? Is it going to be, you know, performance, right? The zero to 60, the mile range, or is it going to be trying to still have, you know, some of that technology driven interior base? Yeah, where's the happy medium for them, you know, going forward? I think that could be a story to watch for for Faraday. Definitely something to keep an eye out. We'll see how these cars kind of compete and get towards that next level. Really, let's go ahead. Let's have a let's have a little bit of a vote here. You guys put a one in the chat for Lucid here and put a two in the chat for Faraday. We want to take a vote. We got over 400 people here. We can definitely take a great vote here. And for that being said, hit the like button if you guys appreciate just doing this, you know, going a little bit more in depth into Lucid today. I know a lot of people had it on mind. So I said, Chris, let's just 
let's talk a little lucid. Let's talk a little Faraday. The comparison, I think the closest comparison really you could do is with Faraday. We could bring Tesla into this, but we're talking about a company that's had an advantage over a couple of years in the public market. So I think that's kind of a disadvantage of comparing these two. So I would rather compare these two that are in their process to trying to get to their prime, right? Um, I would say Tesla is in its prime right now. And we're always talking about, is Tesla's prime going to continue? Why? Because competitors like these two stepping in. Mitch, you know, I know you were a big fan of that backseat and that champagne. Uh, I got to point out John's comment in the chat here. Give me a wine cooler and an old Chevy. Thanks, John. Thanks for the laugh. You know, again, uh, you know, some people, and again, maybe if you're a car guy, right, you don't want either of these models because you want you want something performant. You want something that looks cool. You want a brand that you've come to know for years. And, you know, that could be a difference here, right? These are still two very young emerging, you know, car brands, right? So there's not brand loyalty, you know, built there yet as there is with some of these others. It took Tesla a couple of years to get that brand loyalty, right, Mitch? So, you know, it could be a slow move here for for both of these. With that being said, I see a lot of votes in the chat. We're going to have to come up with a a way to count these and figure out our winner. We got happy for, right? (laughs) <laughs> Happy's gone. He said he was leaving for a minute. Happy. He said he had a he said Happy. he had a meeting. Where are you? Where are All right. you? Happy? All right. No, I'll that's... just play it. I'll just look through it. I, I could definitely see. Uh, it, it's actually pretty close. There's a lot of ones that come in for a little while, and then I think it's pretty close. You're, you're talking about maybe CCI winning by one. If you want to talk for a minute, Mitch. I yeah, can, I got you. I, I can. can... You, you're telling Mitch if you can talk. I don't worry. I can. Yeah, do I, that. Know, I know you. <laughs> I know you can always talk. So what's up, guys? What's up? All right, guys, I'm enjoying it. Having a great day. One of the things that I will tell you is that I have been averaging down. You guys have been, I'm pretty sure you guys want to know. Um, I have two bags right now, my RSI bag, my Genie bag. I'm holding them tight towards myself. I've been averaging down getting my price levels down, getting them pretty good. I'm within about 50 cents of Genie and and within uh, RSI, I got my average down towards underneath 1050s today. So not going to be too mad about that. I'm going to keep battling here, guys. I definitely got caught and sometimes you do get caught, but this is why I'm happy that I had some cash to be able to average into this position. I'll let you guys know how it goes. You know, you guys know me, full transparency. All right, Mitch. What you got? What you got? I I tallied him up. Who is the winner? And let me just say, it was real close at the start. And then all the ones started to come in. So Lucid Motors winning the vote with a two to one one margin. They had double the amount of votes as Faraday. Again, super close at the start. And then those ones started rolling in. So Lucid winning pretty handedly here. Um, so it it looks like the chat has spoken and LCID is the one that people think will outperform here. All right. As we can see, it's been performing today. It's gone up towards a high of that 29. I think that's going to be very important if we can get through that level again. We've talked about it on the chart, how important $30 is on this daily chart. If you look on the daily CCIV or Lucid, you'll see how important 30 is. Depending on your charting service, you might not be able to see that back 
prior history. So if you can't, what I recommend is definitely going to another platform, looking at CCIV's data also, because that is going to make a difference, guys. I think a lot of people get started getting blinded here and they stop looking at price levels when I think that's always the most important things. You guys hear me talk about all the time. There's levels to this game. You know, my man Drake said it first, but hey, there's levels to the stock market. You got to know where the levels are. And if you don't know the levels, you just might get caught in between. And then we all know how those guys are. Those are the pigs. They get slaughtered. <laughs> Mitch, another thing that happened this morning, this was something I, I called out on Friday. We talked about, right? Several brokers actually halted LCID this morning. Mm. You weren't you weren't able to trade it. Um, I think I heard on Robinhood, on Webull, right? Yeah, uh, again, it depends on what broker you have, how quickly you were able to get these shares, LCID, and also how quickly you were able to actually trade them. So keep that in mind. We saw this big jump this morning that might not have actually included all the different accounts. Yeah, you know, people asking, how can you buy? So most brokers, you should be able to buy it as LCID. But again, some are slower with the SPAC changeover. This did just get approved on Friday. This is a rather quick move to the new name, the new ticker. So that's something to keep in mind today. We might actually see more volume, you know, into the early part of tomorrow and the later part of today when everyone can fully trade this. I can tell you right now, I've had this happen to me. So I've, I've been in the same position that you guys are in a lot of the times. Um, one thing that happens is certain platforms are going to be slower to adapt towards the next ticker. And the reason why is they just have to work out their order execution, their servers, and that kind of thing before they go ahead and put it out there. Um, so that when you do order executions, guess what? It actually goes through to the market um, because a lot of times you're going through a server then to the market. So uh, with that being said, just pay attention towards that. Um, <laughs> I've even had it to where the money disappears. I think Chris and I talked about this last yesterday. Or happened on to me this morning, Mitch. One yeah. of my brokers, one of my brokers showed my lucid position as zero dollars. It's gone. It's gone. Was, it's zero. I was red this morning, and I was like, "What happened? That's a that's a big number." And then I was like, "Oh, new ticker, new ticker." So yeah, pay pay attention, guys. Let's hit a hundred likes. Let's, let's get, get to it up some, there. Come on. Let's get to some tickers, Mitch. I know people were talking about Microvast MVST. MVST. That's the other one that changed over today. I do own shares of Microvast. This one tanked, right? This is the opposite of Lucid. Lucid up today on the Ooh. changeover. Microvast shares plummeting today on that changeover. Ouchie. Today is the first day with the ouchie, new ticker. Ouchie, ouchie indeed. Again, <laughs> I, I own shares of this one. <clears throat> This is a battery play, right? And I'm staying long because I think they're the more established battery company. You've got QuantumScape, you've got Solid Power coming in the future, but Microvast has these deals in place. They're actually making batteries. I think we see a rebound over the next couple of days. If we don't, I'll start to reevaluate, you know, based on my entry point that I got in at. But I think today's move is an overreaction to, to the ticker change. I'm actually surprised it was this much. Um, but again, Lucid's going to be the bigger story today. So this one may not get you know as much attention this week. 
Yeah, it's something to definitely pay attention to. You know, one of the things is when you get these trend reversals, a lot of times what happened was it was a buy the rumor and sell the news time. And a lot of times what things you could get is that, um, and let me put down the, the Lucid Motor banner there, but uh, really one of the things that you can get a lot of the times is you have to understand, okay, what's the mentality of the most and the herd? behind the stock um and, and you can tell the herd on this one was in on it early then giving it up as the news came in as we came to the news ccib has been hanging around in the same area and with that being said i think that's why i gave it an ability to really take off it was in a sideways trend not a choppy zone which is what you saw here in micro bass you saw a chop up chop back down chop up and that's why you got chopped back down. In CCIV, we've been going kind of in a sideways trend for so long that you get volume profile to build up there. And that's what can take off a stock, the volume profile. All right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it on up. We're going to wrap it up right on time today, I think. Chris, I know that's a, a first for everything. But definitely, guys, we appreciate you guys smashing the like. We got to 100. Below. I see get it. Get it on up there. That's what I, I like it. to see. It supports us as we support you guys. We'll be having some uh, other interviews later on this week, and we'll be going into some other conversations. I did hear people talk about batteries, so maybe maybe we try to look for uh, someone that knows a little bit more into the chemistries of batteries so that we can take a look at all these battery makers and start taking a little bit of a deep dive. Let us know in the comments if that's something that you would be interested like always guys hit that like hit the subscribe we'll keep doing this every single day if you don't get our newsletter in the morning i don't know what you're missing out on because there's no reason to wait until SPACs attack to get your news when you have a SPACs attack newsletter so definitely guys sign up to that it should be in the description below and like always we'll be back tomorrow with more SPACs attack anything else you want to leave chris no, so, you know, I promised you guys ticker time if we got to 100. So tomorrow we'll do ticker time, you know, as a thanks for today. Boom. We also have an interview with a new SPAC ETF. Lots of SPAC ETFs out there. We'll be talking one tomorrow. And then, as Mitch said, a couple more CEO interviews coming later this week. If there's someone you want to hear from or something you want us to cover, leave a comment after this video or hit us up on Twitter. And as always, guys, SPACs attack 11 a.m. Eastern time. Stay tuned. Power hour coming up next at noon. I know they've got an interview coming up, ticker BBIG. I'm excited to listen in on that one, Mitch. Um, should be a great show. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.